Listening to Pushing It, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Lair. Hi, Elise. Hi, Jen. Here we are in this amazingly beautiful space. Oh my goodness. I think what a gorgeous des- home and nursery. We need to describe this room. Hashtag this- nursery goals. Holy cow. Yes. Right? This can I live in here? Like everything about this space. Didn't I just tell you that when I like I said that? I was like, I want to live in this nursery. Yeah. I'm gonna oh, just they- be here. Actually you did. I did. You totally said that. I'm gonna crawl in that crib right now and just take it out. I'm feeling very with me when we're done. Very peaceful and restful and like wow. I know. One with nature. I don't have a corner in my house that looks this lovely. Oh, Not even oh, my vlog tree. Well, <laughs> yes you do. But anyway, we're not we're not comparing. We're just saying we love where we're sitting right we now. We do. It's so cozy. We also love the person we're sitting with. She's also amazing. She's amazing. Her name is Amanda, and Amanda is graciously sitting with us. We bribed her with some chocolate croissants and cookies, <laughs> and she said, all right. Well, cookie, because we ate the other one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, we are cookie monsters, after all. So Amanda has agreed to sit with us today and tell us a little bit about her birth, which happened a mere two weeks ago. Go. Pretty amazing. Fresh. And man, let me just tell you about that baby. Ugh. I think the first thing that I'm like drawn to is the hair color. It, what are we calling it, Amanda? Copper? Copper. Copper colored hair. <laughs> I am not red. Copper. copper. It is so copper. It's definitely copper. It's not red. No. Uh, it's although copper. I love red hair. He like shines like he the does. copper. But he, yeah, he just kind of shines. He's not even like buffed. What do you call that? You know how you buff things and it like Makes shines. It shiny. Yeah. Right. No. He's not buffed. And what did we say? Like he holds himself like he's a bigger baby than oh, he yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Like he's she said a, he was 21 inches long. And we're like, like, oh yeah, he definitely holds himself like a 24 oh, yeah. inch baby. Totally. For sure. <laughs> and he's got adorable moccasins on today. Right. Okay. So let's talk to. <laughs> Amanda. Amanda, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Um, You're welcome. Um, Amanda's going to first tell us a little bit. So, Amanda, what did you do before you became a mommy two weeks ago? Well, I did a lot of things because I waited 32 years to have a baby. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag young. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, So prior prior to the little guy, um, whose name is Wilder, Mm -hmm. um, I currently work in marketing um, at a tech startup in Seattle. Um, And before that, I had my own businesses down in San Francisco. So I worked in the event and wedding industry. um, And yeah, I sold those businesses, moved to Seattle and... Redid my house and then had a baby. Also <laughs> kind of explains the beautiful space we're in, right? Right. She de- does this like for a living, sort of. Right. Yeah. yeah. I had to do something when I sold my businesses. That's so true. I made my space pretty. Yes. I love Absolutely. It. Yes. So from a bit of the tech, um, probably worked really long hours, um, did a lot of professional development. I would say, I'm guessing, would be kind of a go-getter. Like that's... Your professional realm. Yeah. A little bit of a go-getter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a I'm guessing bit. you had planned to apply that to your birth. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I definitely, so in the wedding, in the event industry, I, I actually did wedding planning and event okay. design. So I am a planner. I am a type A personality. Mm-hmm. I think things through. I do my research. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, there was definitely a plan going in. Okay. <laughs> okay. What kind of planning did you do leading up to having this baby? Yeah. So I have been kind of soaking in other people's birth stories for a number of years. I have a lot of friends um, in the creative world who have Mm -hmm. had kids over, gosh, like the past decade now. It's crazy. It seems like their kids were born yesterday and now they're like eight, nine, ten. That's insane. Um, But yeah, I've just been soaking in stories and learning what is typical and what you can expect. Um, I always knew that I would have kids eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband and I have been together for 14 years. So if you do the math, 32 
32. Mine was yeah. 14. Yes, we met when we were 18. Um, so I I had a long time to think about this mm-hmm. um, and and kind of plan for it. Um, so yeah, I've just been been reading books. I love reading birth stories. Right. I'm that crazy person. I think a lot of people like to not think about what birth is going to be like and just uh-huh. let it happen and don't uh-huh. want to think about the goriness or the reality <laughs> of it. Um, right. I watch YouTube videos um, right. to see what birth looks like. I want to see what happens down there, okay. um, which was really helpful because I felt like hmm. there wasn't anything that I I felt like I didn't know about awesome. like pregnancy and the birthing process. So when I when I got pregnant and as labor was approaching, I didn't feel like anything was a surprise. That's awesome. Hmm. Just good. Yeah. Yeah. Good for and my personality, at least. Yes, Not good for absolutely. everyone. Some people, that's overwhelming. I want to know all of the things that can happen before they happen. Yeah. It's great that you knew that about yourself. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you prepared for this and then um, kind of knew what to probably expect going into labor. Um, and so tell us how you your labor started. Yeah. So... It was 39 weeks and four days. Um, I had just done my last day of work on Friday, um, and it was a Monday morning. Um, So my last day of work, I wrapped up all my projects. I felt good, and I had like six days before my baby's due date. So, or actually, no, a week. Um, So I had all these great things planned for my week between being done with work and the baby coming. And of course, the baby didn't like those plans. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And decided that I wasn't going to get a week to hang art in his nursery and to, Uh you know, cook food and go shopping and get a manicure. Um, So yeah, I woke up on Monday morning um, and it was actually overnight I had had some different cramping than I had felt before, Um, but I just kept going back to sleep, figured it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, And then at 7am I felt a little bit of wetness and for those of you who are pregnant or planning to become pregnant, you will (laughs) likely pee yourself a little bit. Um, So I just figured I was, you know, having a little little pee down there. Whoops, a daisy. Yep, like, okay, time to get up and go to the bathroom. Got it. So Um, much moisture in the last week. Yeah, but then I was like, huh, that's a little more than the normal amount of like leakage that I feel Um, so I I moved a little and then more came out and then I stood up and more came out and I was like okay I'm pretty sure this is my water breaking Um, so I waddled to the bathroom and tried not to leak all over my white carpet Um, (laughs) oh boy yes I am a crazy person with white carpet Um, (laughs) great for Seattle and a dog and a cat and future children good good choices Um, so yeah made it to the bathroom water was definitely was definitely leaking um I I texted or called no I called my husband because okay. we were sleeping on separate floors because when you're pregnant and uncomfortable yeah. sleeping in the same room or the same bed is no longer a priority at least for me okay. so <laughs> I, I was sleeping in the basement in the guest bedroom for about five months <laughs> oh. I swear I love my husband <laughs> I just love sleep more <laughs> I love it just kidding I never would have guessed hanging out with you two that there was yeah separate oh, yeah. floors so for I had. In 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 our defense, I had very very bad hip and pelvic pain, gotcha. and our bed was just not yeah. doing me any favors. Sure. Our guest bedroom is our bed that we had when we lived in San Francisco for okay. seven years, and it's my favorite bed in the world. Aww. And it just it got rid of most of my pain. So awesome. my husband is a very wonderful, loving person, and he was like, you know what, we don't need to sleep in the same bed if this is what That's makes great. you comfortable. You stay there. Awesome. So oh. for the last couple weeks of pregnancy, if I would text or call him, he would say. Is it time? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so he picked up the phone. Adorable. Is it time? And I was like, actually, this time, yes, I think oh, it's time. Oh, <laughs> I love beautiful. That. So he came downstairs, um, and then we called our doula, and um, yeah, just kind of mm-hmm. it progressed from there. Okay, so um, water's broken. Um, so did you immediately go to the hospital? So I had spoken with my doula previously. I knew that um, I had the option to stay home in labor. Um, okay. Hope not as long as I want to. Eventually, the baby has to come out, and we need to go to the hospital. Um, but I knew that I had some leeway on when I went into the hospital. Okay. Um, but my doctor did ask that we call when the water broke to let right. to let them know. Um, so I didn't rush to call them because I knew they'd want me to come in and get checked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took my time, <laughs> called the doula, mm-hmm. and then um, called the doctor's office a couple hours later after okay. I 
did some organizing of my house. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I like to have things be clean. Um, I might have folded some laundry, <laughs> um, finished packing my bag. I did some stuff. Um, right. So, yeah, we called the, the doctor, um, and they asked that we come into the hospital to get checked. So water broke at 7 a.m. I think I called the doctor around 9 or 10. Uh-huh. Um, Maybe it was a little earlier. Anyway, called them that morning. I asked if I could come in around noon. We bargained. They requested that I can't come in at 10. And I was like, nah, I think I'll come in a little later. Um, so we agreed on 11. So <laughs> negotiation right. skills. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went in at 11, got checked. Um, and my doctor doesn't do like cervical checks unless you're like in very active labor. So it right. was just monitoring the baby. We did a non-stress test just to make sure his heart rate was good. It good. was. Um, so I, I negotiated to be sent home, but they also were in agreement. Like there was mm-hmm. no reason for me okay. to have to stay. What um, were contractions like at that point? Um, they were just kind of crampy like period cramps um they were regular um but like five to seven minutes apart so nothing nothing super versus a stop start yeah and i I mean sometimes i couldn't even tell when they were over it was just my stomach was tight and um, it wasn't a clear like beginning or end yeah so um i think it's interesting the way you're you're describing negotiating with your providers um it your your doctor it sounds like um what you were saying is here they made a recommendation like yes we'd like you to come in at 10 and you said well i think i'd rather just come in at 12 how does <laughs> I that cleaning sound? to do <laughs> right so it sounds to me like there was um you weren't kind of being like ah forget you i'll do what i want i don't want to doctor i'm not going to yeah. there wasn't an um angst to it it was more like hey uh, how about two hours after that? And then they're like, yeah, okay, that sounds fine. Yeah, yeah, it was, I guess my concern was I would go in, I wanted to plan for what if the non-stress test shows that the baby is in distress right. and I don't get to come back home. Gotcha. And I just had things that I, I needed to prep my dog and cat for us being away. I needed yeah. to, I needed, quote unquote, needed to fold some laundry. <laughs> I just, I wanted my house to feel good when I got home. Sure. And I knew like, based yeah. on what my contractions felt like, um, I just didn't feel like I needed to be there immediately. So I wanted to go in and be ready to to stay at the hospital if I needed huh. to. Yeah. And were you feeling baby's movement during that time? Yeah, he was yeah. moving like normal. Everything was everything was totally normal. That's so great. at least from my end. Great. From right. what I was So it sounded like you felt pretty confident about advocating for yourself. And often when we hear the word advocating, we think of more of a this is what I want, and it almost like an antagonistic, like strong versus when it sounds like the way you were advocating was here's what I'd like, and they're like, okay, yeah. that sounds okay. Um, and I guess we'll also preface that with um, that the hospital that you birthed at with the providers that you had, the the doctors, they um, tend to be a little bit more. Um, uh, open-minded. Open-minded. That's a good. <laughs> yeah. um, where um, they aren't um, a risk. They're risk managing, and yet they're not um, as pushy. I think as as some yeah. protocol-wise. With here's the way it needs to be, um, and um, yeah. So that's. I think that's helpful. Um, I know that not every provider engages with their clients like that, but yours certainly did. And then um, I just like that example of you were confident in knowing here's what I'd like and you asked for it. And yeah. it wasn't it, knowing you, it wasn't done in a way of like, well, I don't care. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. You know, was, that's not at all. I was open to staying or going earlier if, if need be, if they told me I really had to. Right. Um, but I specifically chose my provider and this hospital for mm. their outlook on birth and that it's awesome. a natural process and that you don't need to meddle with something that's going well. I should also preface this by saying that I had a totally healthy pregnancy and right. didn't have any complications. Mm. So I yep. was um, a good candidate for laboring at home and, um, yep. and not not needing early interventions. So, awesome. Yeah. That's great. So non-stress test, you come home, and then what'd you do? 
Um, so we had a discussion. Um, actually, I was a little bummed the nurses who were in our, our labor and delivery room, they were awesome. So I was sad to leave oh. them because oh, I yeah. knew when I got back 12 hours later, it would be shift change and they would right. be gone. Yeah. So that was that was a little bit of a bummer. Um, also, my specific provider was the doctor on call that day. So oh. she did give me the option. If you want to deliver with me, we can, we can you know, kind of speed this along and induce you, I guess, mm-hmm. um, so that you can deliver with me. Um, I decided that I liked all of the providers kind of equally. And sure. even if I got some Pitocin started right then and there at 11 a.m., there was yeah. no guarantee that the baby would come before the end of her shift. So, right. um, And that was not within my birth plan. I wasn't trying to go in at very early labor and get hooked up to Pitocin. Right. Um, so yeah, opted to go home. Um, but the provider and I, we had a discussion prior to me leaving about, okay, your water broke at 7 a.m. Um, we, if you go past 18 hours um, of, of laboring um, before the baby comes, you will likely have to stay in the hospital for an extra day because your risk of infection goes up. Uh-huh. Um, I had a conversation with my doula about, you know, whether or not um, the risk of infection would significantly rise. Um, and we... Yeah, we just, we had that conversation. Obviously, I don't want to put my baby in danger of, of getting right. sick sure. um, by being stubborn and wanting to have a natural birth, which was my, my goal. Um, but yeah, the I think the rate of infection, it was, if you went over 18 hours, it jumped from like 3% to 5%. So it was still very, very low. And I felt confident um, right. waiting the maximum um, that I was allowed to labor at home, which was 24 hours. So okay. I went back at, we, we negotiated. I had to go back at 7 p.m. for okay. another non-stress test. So 12 hours after my water breaking, once again, baby looked great. Um, that conversation was a little bit different with my provider. She said, I know what you're going to say. I I think you could stay right now at the hospital and, and labor here. Um, but I have a feeling you're going to say you'd like to go home. And I said, yep, I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> um, so I my goal was to go home and get some rest overnight. That didn't happen. <laughs> um, labor started getting more uncomfortable um, around midnight. Um, the contractions were strong enough that I was not able to sleep. Um, but I figured at least my husband could sleep so that he would be a good a good support system yeah. for the next day. Um, so we were scheduled to go back in at 7 a.m., which would be 24 hours since my water breaking. Um, and around 5 a.m., the contractions were just, they were quite painful. Oh, um, can you tell me more about what that looked like for you and what kind of those hours that morning look like? Gosh, it is very hazy. Yeah. It's so true. You really do forget yeah. a lot of yeah. things. I, I didn't, like everyone says that and I didn't understand that. Um, and it really is blurry to me, but I can say that between one and five, I'd say at 1am I started to get really uncomfortable and thought, I don't know if I can do this at home anymore. Uh Um, but my goal was to make it to four. I think we called our doula at four and I said, I'm going into the hospital at five and I want pain meds. (laughs) (laughs) And were were pain medication, was pain medication part of your plan? It wasn't, no. So I wanted to avoid all pain meds, um, and any sort, just any sort of intervention. Um, mm. in general. So, so how did that feel when you made that phone call and said, I want to go in and get payments? Um, I, I think I was just really tired at that point cause I was going on 24 hours and sure. yeah. I really like my sleep and I nap and I wasn't really, I think I got like a half hour nap, um, the day before. Um, and, and I had no slept one that should night. really be awake at 4 a.m. Yeah. Right? Well, <laughs> until, you have, until you have a newborn and now, now 4 a.m. doesn't even feel like the middle of the night. It's just right. another like time on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said to my husband last night. I'm like this 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. used to be a really scary time. Like thinking about yeah. being awake with a newborn at that time seemed terrible. And now I'm like, Oh, well, it's, whatever. it's just 3 and 4 a.m. It's uh-huh. just like just any other, it's just like any other time during the day. Um, it's just just dark and quiet um so i um i guess between one and and four things just really ramped up the pain was i had to move through it um i was resisting as my husband says i was like resisting uh making noise i think i was the pain wasn't strong enough at that point where i felt like i needed to vocalize and like and and work through the pain in that way. Um, but I think I probably should have, um, I was, I don't know. It's just weird being in your house, like making moaning animal moaning noises with 
even my husband who I've been with for 14 years who like yeah. we do everything in front of each other like it's not like yeah, it's yeah. not a big deal um but yeah I, I wasn't like to that point yet where I felt like um I could I could make those noises so it just got really uncomfortable the pain got more severe it wasn't just simple cramping anymore it was like just waves of pain everyone says you can't really describe a contraction I guess that's true I don't know how to describe it except that um it felt overwhelming and it felt like I wasn't if, well, actually, I think the overwhelming part was that I didn't know how far along I was. So I sure. wanted to go to the hospital and get checked. I wanted yeah. someone to tell me, you are this much effaced and you're this much dilated. Yeah. Because I needed to know where I was in the process so I could manage my expectations. Yeah. Because I thought to myself, if I'm only two centimeters dilated, like this is, I am not doing this pain med free like there's just no way whereas if I'm six centimeters dilated like okay things are moving along and I can do this so that was I think the unknown of where I was in the process was messing with my mind um so we ended up going to the hospital a little before seven and checking in um I just I I felt like I needed to be at the hospital at that point I don't I don't know yeah (laughs) makes perfect sense yeah yeah and how far dilated were you Oh gosh, I don't know that we checked at that point. I think we didn't check because my contractions weren't close enough together. Gotcha. Um, And since my water had broken 24 hours prior um, and the concern about infection was there, they didn't want to check me. So I think the first time I was actually checked was closer to noon that day. Oh wow. Um, And I was, um, or somewhere between, see, hazy, somewhere (laughs) between that morning and noon. um, And I was four and a half centimeters dilated. and I don't remember how much I faced. Um, but anyway, my contractions were decently close together. They were like three to five minutes apart. Great. Um, but I kind of like stayed at that point. Like they weren't for six plus hours. They weren't okay. really going anywhere. Um, so we tried pumping. So um, oh, breast pump. Breast pump. Yes. Okay. Was not super. It was my first time using a breast pump. It wasn't the most comfortable Get that thing. out of the way before the baby comes. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't expecting to do that. Um, we tried just some different, like, positioning and movements, um, okay. both with my doula, and um, there was a nurse that really liked doing positioning work. Um and at that point, I started to get some back labor, which I didn't uh, know if it was back labor or just a res- yeah. residual pain from an old injury that I have. I have I herniated discs in my lower back. Oh, wow. um, so that started to get really painful. Um, and then we um, figured out that the baby was sunny side up. Okay. Um, so then uh, we started to um, actually we... A doctor had come in a few times and had said, hey, we should talk about Pitocin. If your contractions don't get closer together, we need to speed things up for you. Um, So she gave me a few hours to see if my body would jumpstart itself. It didn't. We were still in that like four to five minute mark. Um, And we started a little bit of Pitocin and then we started some positioning work to get the baby to move. Had you had any pain management? pain medication? No, I hadn't. Um, and so I how did you get from that asked. point? Because <laughs> I'm thinking she's at home going, I, I can't do this. I can't do and this. And now it sounds like hours because that was 4 a.m. Yeah. yeah. And now it's afternoon. Yeah. How did you get from noon, you know, 4 a.m. to afternoon That's a without pain medication? Um, so part of it, I think being at home was was starting to get scary like I felt like I didn't have a support system my husband's great but um I just felt like I think I was ready to have a doula and have nurses and have just knowing that there are people who knew about birth like my husband's a great support person but he doesn't know about labor well now he does now he does a lot um So I think that was part of it. Um, I needed someone to tell me, like, no, this is part of your plan. You don't need the medicine. Like, Mm -hmm. you're saying you want it, but I know you're not there yet. Like, you don't really need it. Um, And this wasn't people depriving me of what I was asking for. This was, like, a little bit of tough love, which I had discussed with my care team beforehand. So they all knew that that is what I wanted. Um, And then also getting that check, like, knowing that I was progressing somewhat was important for me to know. Um, Even that, like, half centimeter, I was like, four and a half. Okay, like, all right. Like, that's that's not not active labor, but, like, I'm getting there. Um, And then we were also, like doing things to try to get active labor started. So I think the fact that I wasn't just sitting there doing nothing um, was helpful, which is what I felt like I was doing at home. I feel like Mm. I was just waiting and biding my time. Sure. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. It sounds like having um, a change in location 
when you did helped re-energize you mm -hmm. emotionally, even if the external didn't change much in that contractions were about the same, still uncomfortable, but there's somehow that external change in location and care team really helped infuse some energy into you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So Pitocin, a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. And how did that go? Like that conversation of, or I guess making that decision around Pitocin, how did that yeah. feel since, since having Pitocin wasn't part of your birth plan too? Yeah. How did that feel making that choice? So while my birth plan was to do things completely intervention free, that was my goal. The plan was whatever I need to do to get labor moving and to get the baby out safely. That was obviously mm -hmm. my end yeah. goal. So, okay. um, I was 30 hours in by the time oh, we yeah. started Pitocin and I was, That's amazing. <laughs> I was really tired. Yeah. So I think part of it was the exhaustion and just yeah. like, yes, we should get this started. But also it was a discussion multiple times with multiple care providers. Cause by this point I was on like my third right. OB right. <laughs> like, right. because they had kept, you know, changing shifts and like my third set of nurses. Um, so the fact that it was the conversation was brought up early like hey if things don't start moving we should talk about this sure. and i never felt like it was pushed on me um but around noon which would have been 30 hours in after 30 hours after my water broke um i was very open to the idea and didn't even need to be convinced because i wanted things to get moving so i guess just mm. i was being realistic about what my body was capable of doing on its own and what mentally i could sustain from like a, an energy level yeah. and i was just i was getting really drained and i wanted it right. to be over that's so. such a that's such a great view on pitocin though like how to make it your own choice that's yeah. really great to hear yeah. and i was I was okay with it because everyone knew that, you know, that wasn't necessarily my ideal situation. So mm -hmm. we started with a super low dose. It wasn't like I went in for an induction with labor having not been started. Like I had been laboring. I just needed, right. a, I looked at it as just my body needing a little push and yeah. um, that's yeah. how I justified yeah. it. No, that's fantastic. I mean, I think that's a big leap too. And having to um, make that choice to go into active labor too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think when you, like we tried pumping, we tried a bunch of different like positions and like body work and that wasn't working. So yeah, um, yeah it seemed like Pitocin was the next best thing. I also had some good conversations around, because uh, my concern with Pitocin was that I thought I would need pain meds afterwards right. because I just assumed that um, contractions would be these monsters and I wouldn't right. be able to work through them without, without pain, without pain meds. Um, but knowing that at such a small dose, I, there might not even be that much of a change in the pain. Mm -hmm. I honestly, I didn't notice a ton. I mean, aside from moving into active labor, which became much more painful. Um, <laughs> I didn't feel like, you know, once Pitocin started, it all of a sudden became unmanageable pain. Well, that's so. great. I'm glad your experience showed that. Yeah. So Pitocin started, and you yeah. became active, just like that, or tell um, me more how it kind of unfolded that way. This is where the timing gets hazy <laughs> again. I think it was a few hours. Um, we did some positioning work to get the baby's head to turn, since he was um, facing the wrong way. Um, so not breech, but just he was sunny side up. Um, that was really painful. Um, Anything and, in particular that was really painful or um, all of it? All, well, we did two positions that I recall. Um, <laughs> might have been more. Um, I was on my hands and knees and this nurse who really loves spinning babies and just loves position work was shaking <laughs> my hips. Like, I can't even describe how strong the shaking was. Um, when you're experiencing strong contractions and someone's yeah. like moving your body in a really like forceful way it's just very, it's very uncomfortable um yeah. and she was moving me through the contractions which that was pretty awful mm -hmm. and then she made my husband do it and, <laughs> and, and that felt really mean um so yeah she was one of those nurses where like I really hated her in the moment but mm -hmm. um we ended up getting the baby to to flip so it worked okay. um but yeah we did hands and knees her shaking my hips and then um the side lying position with my leg draped over the bed and I have learned that I don't like laboring in a sideline position. Mm -hmm. It is super painful for me. Um, and I, that those were bad. I don't know how long that took. It could have been 10 minutes. It could have been three hours. <laughs> I don't know, but it was awful. And I never want to feel that pain again. It was Interesting. terrible, so <laughs> but the, it worked. <laughs> yeah. So the baby did move from the posterior position 
into an anterior position. Correct. Yeah. So I had been experiencing some back labor, um, and then that stopped. Um, I honestly don't, I guess, I don't remember how they could tell that he turned. I, I was lost to the world at this point. So I guess this is where my, my brain switched over from me being like present in the moment to just being in this different world. And I hear people talk about that a lot and I didn't know what that would be like. And truly like I could hear conversations around me, but I was not part of them. Right. They were decorating the hallway with like Harry Potter stuff for the holidays. <laughs> and I recall people talking about Harry Potter, but I was like very focused on what I was doing. Um, so yeah, definitely okay. went into myself and just was working Ooh, through the contractions. Awesome. Did you start to feel a pressure to push or were you told you were fully dilated? So um, we went and started laboring in the tub. So I mm-hmm. had um, one of the better rooms at the hospital that had a mm-hmm. tub in the bathroom. Thank goodness. Um, so we were in the tub for a while. I didn't feel the need to push there. Um, but then I started um, going through transition, which became very obvious because I all of a sudden was like, nope, I can't do this anymore. This is done. We're done. I can't do this. Um, Also get this baby out of me. This is terrible. I can't keep doing this. Um, So apparently to everyone else, it was very obvious what was happening, that I was getting very close to pushing. Um, So I don't remember if... I don't think they actually... Oh, no. So I felt the need to push and then eventually did get checked. I was 90% effaced. Um... And I don't remember if I was fully... I think I was fully dilated, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I guess I was fully dilated by that point. Um, And I remember I was in a side-lying position... I was told like not to push yet. I don't, I think we were trying to get, it was the right side of my cervix that wasn't all the way effaced. A little Um, bit of, it was just like a lip, a little lip lip. of cervix. Yep. Um, But I, my body decided it was time to push and I had no control over that, that feeling. Um, So yeah, I was in a sideline position and my body just started pushing and that mean nurse, (laughs) mean (laughs) awesome nurse, Jenny, shout out to Jenny. um, (laughs) She, she was like, why don't you try to push in this position and I immediately was like no absolutely not side lying is the worst thing ever um so switched to my back um I pushed on a toilet for a little bit that was nice (laughs) I don't know a lot of hospitals if they let you do that I've heard that they don't Mm -hmm. um I just I guess I didn't expect to try so many positions while pushing or I thought like once you start pushing you like stay in one spot yeah um but yeah we tried a few pushing positions um I pushed for about an hour and a half um, I liked pushing. Pushing was awesome. So, okay. What did you like about pushing? Um, I liked that I felt like I had like agency and control of the situation. Mm. Um, during active labor, I just felt like I was trying to survive each contraction without giving up. Um, you're like right in a birth book right now. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, whereas yeah, pushing, I felt like I, I've, I've heard this from a lot of women that they feel like, yes, yes. I finally can do something. I'm not yes. like fighting against job. something. I'm like working with it. Yes. Um, but I guess I didn't, pushing was a little weird because I couldn't feel my contractions as well as I could before. Like I, I could feel them when they were like at their height, but I couldn't really feel them coming on as well as I could oh, when I was just in active labor. Oh. Um, so it was a little harder for me to figure out when I was supposed to push. And then also, um, I didn't like the fact that I had to stop pushing, like, uh-huh. I and wait for another contraction. I just, uh-huh. like, wanted it to be over. Uh, yeah. um, so the, the break in between, I didn't necessarily want the break. I just wanted to keep going. Um, and then... I guess the part of pushing that I didn't like was I didn't realize when they start when the baby starts to crown that like when you have to stop pushing between the contractions there's yeah. like this really uncomfortable yeah. sensation of a baby's head coming out of your vagina. Oh, that <laughs> that part. Yeah. Like I just uh, never. I don't yeah. know. I never. Hundred percent. Like, agree with and you. No on that one, one really like <laughs> warned me that there would be these couple minutes in between each push where yeah. like your body is being stretched in ways that it did. I mean, obviously it's made to stretch, but like you feel like it's not supposed to stretch that way. (laughs) And I just wanted to keep pushing and get past that. So the fact that I had to stop and wait for the next contraction was like very frustrating because I had this head coming out of me. So yeah, fond memories. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And it's interesting that even though you had this understanding going into birth of exploring different books and resources and watching it on 
videos and all of that, that you experiencing that in your own way was really different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also thought that I would want to like see what was happening down there. Like I thought I wanted to like hold a mirror up. I did touch his head when it was coming out, but, um, I was like, it was very cool. Um, but I found I was so just like internally focused and I was visualizing what was happening down there that I actually didn't want to like physically see it. Not because I was worried or scared or grossed out, but just because because I had this visualization. I was doing three pushes with each contraction. Okay. And the second push, actually the third push tended to be like wow. my strongest yeah. and best. Yeah. Um, and I just needed to like visualize his head like coming through the birth canal and not see. I don't know. There was something with seeing it. I thought it would distract me and like throw me off my game. So I just wanted to like stay with my visualizations and not Oh, I love that she it. knew oh, what she man. needed. That is awesome. And that you went with that. I also had a birth photographer, so I felt confident that like she would, that I could see what was happening later. Later on, That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So um, we often talk in childbirth education type venues about um, being in your hind brain versus mm-hmm. your front brain, because that's the like your planning executive like. All the things you talked about, what your personality tends to be, which is one of a planner, type A, that type of thing. But it sounds to me like in your birth, you really were in your hindbrain. That non-thinking, going with the experience, listening to your body, and being with your body versus your brain. Yeah, for sure. At least once I was in active labor. Yeah. Yeah, because there's just no... It's not... I don't think it's something you can control. I didn't... There was no conscious decision to switch, to make that switch. I just... Mm slowly kind of like receded back into into my hindbrain I guess and and that took over I don't even think I noticed it happening it's just all of a sudden people felt very distant and I when I was in the tub I remember my husband um he told my doula he was like she's not breathing we need to tell her to breathe and he kept like reminding me to breathe (laughs) I studied psychology in college and I I did some neuroscience stuff so I understand how the brain works and afterwards I'm like you know my my brain stem wasn't gonna let me stop breathing like it's 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 innate to our brain if you're like if you're alive your brain is telling you to, to breathe we're we're yeah. good um but yeah I guess I I just I don't know I went into myself and was breathing like very yeah. shallow or not very frequently I don't know but I could hear him saying those things it felt like someone a mile away being like breathe breathe and I'm like shut up dude <laughs> I got I this, this. <laughs> I'm good awesome. that, that's a cute. prime example of someone having a ritual and a rhythm in mm-hmm. labor and really getting lost in that in a really lovely way yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Absolutely. So here you are, two weeks out. Yeah. Oh, wait. The baby was born. Hold on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then the baby came out. Okay, Just okay. Just bad. <laughs> Hallelujah, the baby came out. Um, oh. And what was... Describe for me some of those moments. Um, well, the sensation... So... I feel like he came out, I probably should have had an extra contraction. Okay. Like I pushed more than three times in that last contraction. Um, I knew that his head was almost out. Um, and the thought of waiting another mm-hmm. few minutes sure. um, in that, like the ring of fire. I've right. heard many people say when you don't have pain meds, you feel the ring of fire. And I knew, I, I think I announced it. I'm like, ring of fire. I feel the ring of fire. <laughs> I, I am like, in the ring. <laughs> I was like, this sucks. This is terrible. This hurts so bad. The fire. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not staying in the ring of fire for another yes. set of contractions. Like this baby's coming out now. Yeah, so I, I just it. kept pushing um, until he came out. Um, right. And the doctor definitely helped pull him out a little bit. Um, yeah. But what a feeling of relief. Oh my God, oh, that was wow. the most amazing feeling ever. And I do want to say, I know a lot of people are afraid about pooping when they're in labor. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah. Um, I felt like whenever... When I was pushing, the pushes that were the most effective were the ones where I felt like I was going to poop. Yeah. Um, so I just accepted early on in pregnancy awesome. that I was probably going to have a lot of things happening down there. Um, and that was fine. And I just pushed through that. And I didn't let that fear of making a mess in front of what medical professionals, like who really cares. Right. Um, and I warned my husband. I love it. Um, but I, I knew if I was, if I felt like I was about to poop that I was pushing correctly. So, so Good I, especially tip. at the end when he was ready to come Good out, tip. I just, I pushed with all my might and I was like, you have, you have to come out right now. Um, so yeah. Okay. That would be my recommendation. So he came out into your arms, and did you feel like you went from that hindbrain into being really present in your body? Yes. Or did that take a little transition? No, I was. I feel like I was present immediately. I went. I actually feel a little bad. This is probably like parent mother guilt. Yeah. Um, I was less focused on like 
there's a baby on me and more focused on what was happening to my body yeah. down there. Really normal. So, because I was worried about, there's been so much press about like maternal mortality yeah, rates right. skyrocketing. So I guess it really did go back to the baby because I I was very fearful that something would happen to me. Wow. And then obviously the baby would not have a, have a mother and my yeah. husband would not have a wife. Um, it's such so, proof that mom guilt, it just... It starts so early, yeah. right? Because right. I feel like I should have been like, oh my gosh, there's this baby on my chest. But instead I was like, is that a... Because you can really feel fluid coming out. I yeah. mean, it's right. wild. Like you feel gushes of things happening right. down there. And I was like, is that normal? And you can also see like doctors are down there looking at you. And if they make a face that doesn't quite seem like yeah. like they're making a face that looks concerned, you're, at least my immediate thought was, oh my gosh, something's going wrong. Um, right. So when the placenta was coming out and when... It also, my placenta didn't come out the most easy. I mean, it it didn't require any, like, surgical, like, intervention. But um, there must have been some struggle because the doctor was talking to me about it. Um, So I I was just very concerned with all of that getting fixed and handled so that I would be there to to cuddle with my baby. But, yeah, I immediately went into my type A, like, trying to control the situation of what was happening down there. Mm -hmm. I was also getting stitched up, and I very much felt that my um, numbing agent did not work um Ugh. so it was also hard to focus on the baby because i right. could yeah. feel the stitches happening right. but that's okay right. um but yeah it was um it was crazy to go from there's also i don't know it's hard to go from being pregnant to yeah. there being a baby like you right. obviously mentally prepare for that but it's a yeah it's a big it's moment a big, oh, i yeah. like that you're saying that because i think that's um i i'm hoping that people are really feeling normalized of that that birth pause and we sometimes talk about that that there it's really difficult to go from you are very concentrated on that rhythm and ritual we just talked about getting this baby out now this baby's out and there's these new sensations Mm -hmm. there's a joy of having that baby sitting on you but also you were thinking about what what's happening Mm -hmm. why why do i feel all this fluid you're looking for the clues in the faces of the people who are taking care of you Mm -hmm. and so there's a ton happening in that moment and that's that's the I'm glad you brought that up. I want to normalize that and bring that information as well, that that is a really typical response to going from one state Mm -hmm. into another state where there's just so much transition. And to be honest, those, that time period was probably seconds. Yeah. Whereas Mm -hmm. it probably felt like hours Mm -hmm. in retrospect, um, because of of the flood of also just coming back into your body because mm-hmm. like you said you it, it felt like people's voices were a mile away mm-hmm. and now suddenly they're close again you're back in your body and so some of that time catching up yeah. can feel a lot longer than it really was yeah that's i can see that being true um i also people kept asking while i was laboring oh are you so excited to meet the baby and honestly i could not think about huh, when yeah. i was at the different stages i could not think yeah. about like pushing i couldn't think about him coming out all i could think about was getting through like that moment um and that also made me feel a little bad like maybe sure. i was a bad mom because i wasn't you know the whole 36 hours i wasn't yay i can't wait to meet the baby i was just like thinking mm. about the next contraction and getting through that so i'm very much like focused on dealing with one thing at a time and I knew the baby would get there eventually but I couldn't like I pushing is scary like the thought of pushing a human out of you I could not skip ahead to that because I would have like had a mental breakdown so I wasn't ready to think about pushing and the baby coming out until it was happening because then I knew you know at that point I love it I can't do anything so many people are so focused on the next thing in labor and I think as doulas we are constantly trying to bring people back to this this contraction Mm -hmm. this breath and for you you had other people who were kind of projecting ahead of it and you're like no 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 right here and that's really beautiful that you stayed there but I did need help like I did need help breathing through everything Mm -hmm. and focusing my breath so having um, my doula and my husband remind me to like focus my breath. Um, right. Doing having a yoga practice prior to birth was really helpful. Right. I didn't do any sort of like lamas or any of those classes. I just think knowing how to breathe into certain parts of my body. Yeah. I learned yeah. that in yoga, and that's exactly what I did throughout that's fantastic. throughout labor. Yeah. That's really so great. when you think about um, parenthood in the last couple of weeks, yeah, yeah. Um, you are very present with your baby. Would you say? Um, 
that that fear of like attachment or like, oh, well, I can't think about the baby right now. I have to think about my body sensations and getting the baby out. Yeah, that definitely went away. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that was that was a very temporary state. Okay. Um, I have felt very present with him from, I mean, the few hours um, following birth are kind yeah. of a blur. Of course. <laughs> I remember yeah. like him latching and then him getting wrapped up and, you know, um, swaddled and put in a bassinet, but I, I don't remember much else. Um, but yeah, mm. I've, I've felt very, very present and, and, at- mm. and luckily attached. I wasn't sure how that would, mm-hmm. how that would work, but yeah, he's so cute. Oh, he is so cute. Oh my goodness. Okay. So now here we are two weeks from having this little baby and being a mom, and you're looking back at your birth, and you're telling the story, um, no, no guilt in how you feel about your birth, and no guilt in feeling great, no guilt in any emotion that you feel about it. How do you feel about your birth and yourself and yeah. all that you did? You're and asking for honesty. Honesty, yes. Honesty. So yeah. no judgment. I know, you know, as as women and as moms. There's often guilt if we feel proud of ourselves and guilt if we don't feel proud. Yeah. So there's no guilt. Yeah, okay, no guilt. Um, I feel, I mean, I don't like that it went on for 36 hours right. from water breaking to him coming out. Like, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I do get jealous when I, I've read people's, I'm part of some, like, Facebook groups with babies right. that are born around when my son was born, and people, you know, share their birth stories, and they say, oh, it was five hours from start to finish, and oh, I boy. kind of want to strangle them. Um, but aside from <laughs> oh. that, I know, I'm like, what? Um, aside from that, um, I feel totally, I'm so pleased with the way birth mm-hmm. went. I... I don't think that it could have gone um, any any better in terms of the hand that I was dealt. I mm-hmm. feel like I I handled it the best that that I could. Um, I'm not at all mad about pitocin, um, mm-hmm. and I'm very proud that I was able to do it without drugs. Um, yeah. I also feel like I part of that was I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it without medication. Okay. Um, so for future births, I would I. I'm not sure if I would go medication free again. Just like, I honestly, I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it, and since I did right. that, um, I, I don't know. I might if if I had a labor that lasted that long again, sure. I might do an epidural so I could rest because honestly, that was the hardest part. Was yeah. I was just spent. I was exhausted. Yeah. Um, and it made like staying up that night after he was born really hard. I just I really needed to sleep and rest. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess I'm more open to a future birth going a different way because I feel like I had the ideal birth that I was looking for. So I think That's it's great. it's nice to have your first birth go the way you wanted it because I think it takes a little bit of pressure off of, and we'll see. I'm not pregnant again, obviously, <laughs> in two weeks. Um, and I don't even know if we'll have more kids, but... Um, I think there's a lot of like weight and pressure that gets put on future yes. pregnancies when you had a birth that didn't go the way you wanted it yeah, to go sure. because then you want that next birth to go really well. So right. obviously I want future births if I have them to go super right. well, but I also feel like I got exactly what I wanted and I feel very happy with how it went. So right. um, so if I had to get pain meds in the future, um, I just I, I just felt like I needed to experience what natural childbirth mm-hmm. felt like and ring of fire. I experienced it. Oh, <laughs> yep, check, check that off the list. Check, check, check. That's yeah. a real thing. Right there, right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's it's always cracks me up that you can either call it crowning or ring of fire. Like, wow, there's. So... Why would you call that a crown? Uh-uh. Right, it's not crowning, a crown. Crowning does not sound uh-uh. painful enough. No. Crowning sounds like this glorious moment, totally. and then yeah, there's fires. like ring of fire, and yeah. it's like, wow, can we just like not make us feel the pain with the word <laughs> ring of fire, or yeah. have it sound so glorious? Like, isn't this crowning something... is like, oh, sweet little crown. Yeah. You're gonna put like little daisies on uh, your head. Yeah. Or, yeah. Ring no. of fire is no joke. That's no, it's, that's that. No. It's not a joke. But I'm no. glad I felt it. I've heard people <laughs> I've heard people talk about it. I wanted to know what it felt like. Yeah. I got I got my wish. Yeah. <laughs> I know what it feels like. You got your wish. You I got love it. Wish. So do you have any, I don't know, parting advice, words of wisdom, mm. anything mm. about birth, postpartum, baby, motherhood, anything? Well, I don't think that I've experienced enough post-birth to give advice. <laughs> two weeks um, in. Hey, yeah, you've got two, a lot of hours put in two weeks. Actually, my already. recommendation for post-birth would be make sure you have a good partner before you get pregnant because I honestly, oh. I don't know how people have wow. children without a supportive partner. I don't know how mm. they do it like as single parents. I just, I can't even comprehend. Like my husband changes 
10 times the amount of diapers that I do. Um, I'm in charge of the feeding. He, I mean, he's been feeding yeah. us. Like he's been going to the grocery store. He's been cooking. He's, he's doing everything. So, right. um, I would not survive without him. So pick your partner wisely. Oh. Um, that's my post-birth oh, um, recommendation. Um, and then in terms of labor, I mean, I guess go in with a plan. I feel like everyone says this, but be flexible because yeah. had I been so attached to not having oh. any sort of intervention, then having Pitocin, pro- you know, you ask the question, how do I feel about my birth? I might have felt negativity towards my birth right. if I was so dead set on not having any sort of drugs. Yeah. Um, but I was set on having the baby come safely and um, however that needed to happen. So um, yeah, I guess do your research um, unless you're the type of person that doesn't like to research and just wants things to, you know, wants to learn as it's happening. Um, I guess that's fine too. Um, but yeah, I guess just be, be flexible mm. and um, I guess be like gentle on your body. I just, my body wasn't progressing like it needed to and we had to step in and help it and that's fine. And it sounds like you were both flexible but also you made decisions when they needed to be made. Yeah. You didn't look up and go, oh my gosh, there's the hill. How am I going to get up there? That's true, yeah. And that you did that a few times Mm -hmm. but then you made a change. Like, okay, we're at home. Mm -hmm. We need, no, we got to change this up. Let's go to the hospital. So there was definitely those points but I would say that you made the best decision with the information you had at each point along the way, mm-hmm. and that that actually gave you the confidence to feel satisfaction with your decisions. Yeah, and I think I the reason I feel satisfaction with my decisions is because I had the correct care team. I, I actually yeah. switched doctors partway through my pregnancy. Gotcha. Um, so I, I was going to deliver to a different hospital, gotcha. did more research, changed hospitals. So I think awesome. if you are at the right hospital, you have the right care team, you have you know doulas or some other birthing partner as a support, yeah. um, it makes it easier to feel good about your decisions because you trust the people who are making the recommendations. If right. you don't trust the people making recommendations, I could see you feeling resentful or questioning those recommendations, but yeah. I knew that everyone was on the same page as me, yeah. and the recommendations they were making were in line with my goals. Yeah. Um, so. I really appreciate you mentioning that as well, that you changed um, partway through your pregnancy, because I, I know that... Um, some folks feel like, oh, well, if I started someplace, I have to complete. But mm-hmm. you gathered more information. We're like, actually, the place I'm choosing to birth my baby and the providers that I have, I'm not sure they resonate with me. Yep. And so you made that what some would see as a difficult choice during pregnancy even. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's, that's a awesome. good, I like that reminder. So too. many wise words. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What Amanda. a great, beautiful Thank story you. and Yay. so much strength and... Aww. A gorgeous baby. Uh, a <laughs> lovely crying and wants to eat. Lovely yes. family. So yes. we will let you feed your baby. But thank you so much oh, for sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Please um, follow along and maybe we'll talk Amanda into sharing some pictures of herself and baby Wilder yeah. um, to put up on Instagram. Um, <laughs> and uh, so you can find us at Pushing It Podcast on Instagram and uh, share Facebook us around. And uh, what was that? On Facebook. Oh, and on Facebook yeah, too. Yeah. too. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh,